Welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale, and what a crazy 120 minutes of football in Tennessee last night. On this episode, Brian has a late night dispatch, followed by interviews with Coach Mark McKeever, Captain Jamesy Thomas, and concluding with leading goal scorer Stephen Afrifa. So let's get to it. Here it is, Patty. My dispatch from the end of one Knoxville's 4-2 win over Texas United at home at West High School. And I'm going to try my best to be comprehensible, to be clear in any way, though I may struggle to achieve it. Just like that match struggled to achieve a sense of sanity at times. It was brutal out there. The conditions were brutal. Over 90 degrees at kickoff time, probably 100% humidity, something we are familiar with here in East Tennessee during the hot July summers. We saw first half with no goals. They went in nil-nil. It wasn't for lack of trying. One Knoxville did what it usually does, and that's try to dominate possession, press high up the field, keep the ball in the opponent's half, and really take advantage of set-piece opportunities. That's why we saw Sebastian Andreessen back in the starting 11. Although he did not get his goal tonight and went off in the second half, he did attract two markers at any given time, allowing space for the attacking midfielders, Zion Andrade and Benny Montero, to get in behind him. Though, besides an opportunity for Andrade that he sent over the bar, perhaps another opportunity for Montero in the 29th minute, there really wasn't that opportunity that could have been, you know, the one nil up for one Knoxville. Ryan Troutman, he was called in in at a time in the 47th minute to make a big save as a player shot from outside the 18. He closed it down in the sides. They went in even. Texas United was happy to play counterattacking soccer, sit deep and send its creative players in to try to take advantage of perhaps a, a lack of speed on behalf of the center backs you know one knoxville has tremendous height the center backs tonight were alberto suarez buster schoberg in the middle and finn mcgrove on the left hand side and the attackers really got in between mcgrove and schoberg on that on that left hand side of the field and so we saw emil yaskalainen the son of uc yaskalainen uh finn former finland national team player English Premier League player for Wigan Athletic and Bolton and West Ham United. Uh, we saw him really be dangerous anytime he got a hold of the ball. We came out of halftime uh, with much the same. And six minutes in, in the 51st minute, James Thomas got his first goal of the season off a free kick. It put one Knoxville temporarily up 1-0. And then Yaskalainen answered back in the 52nd minute. Not 60 seconds had passed before Texas United was back in the match. And that's something that one Knoxville expected. In their last five games of the season, Texas United had been down three times and yet clawed their way back in, twice getting a win, once getting a draw. This is a very resilient Texas side that was here in Knoxville, a team that, as we've discussed on the podcast before, was undefeated. The last time they had lost was actually in the conference quarterfinals last year against Mark McKeever's Des Moines Menace. They showed up in Knoxville with a point to prove. 
We saw Stephen Afrifa come on in the second half as well as his twin brother, Simon. And it was Stephen who hit the post in the 71st minute. Goal wasn't to be just yet for one Knoxville. Moses Mensa, he really grew into the game. He was one of the players that struggled in that East Atlanta loss. Mark McKeever said he's one of the best players in the country. He hasn't lived up to his full potential, and he knows it. USL League 2 has called Mensa the number two prospect in the nation. He has one season left to play with Campbell University before very likely going into the pros at a high level. Mensa was dangerous, and it was he who connected with James E. Thomas in the 88th minute for Thomas to send in an absolute stunner of a goal, his second goal of the night. Menza cutting inside. He flicked the ball back to Thomas, who connected from outside the 18, and it was a mystifying strike that left the goalie with no chance and the fans with their jaws to the floor. But again... In the 90th minute came the equalizer from Hector Romero for Texas United, and that saw us go into an added period. Two additional 15-minute halves to be played with penalty kicks potentially deciding the match. Obviously, we did not get to penalty kicks. The Afrifa brothers, while they are players who may be inefficient at times, get a lot of opportunities on goal, get a lot of touches at the ball, and don't always put it in the back of the net. They are always dangerous. Simon for the twin, the twin Black Mamba, actually hit the post in added time. And then in the 97th minute, off a corner kick, it was Steven Afrifa, the leading goal scorer for the team who picked up his ninth of the season to put one Knoxville up 3-2. He received the ball inside the 18 and leaning back when most Worst strikers would shoot the ball high above the crossbar, skying it. Afrifa did not do that thing. He shot it past the goalie in to the top left-hand corner of the net and went off to celebrate. Continued to be dangerous, and this time one Knoxville held on. We saw those wing backs push back a little bit to defend a little deeper, so you saw a back five. At times, the substitutes were tremendous for one Knoxville. Alan Salmarone coming on in the second period of added time and nipping at heels. Alex Abriel, who came on and he made a couple of mistakes on the ball, took a couple of poor touches, and then exercised his demons with a goal in the 117th minute. It was his first goal of the season, and what a time to score it. Texas United was gassed. Their tanks had been emptied. They'd given everything after driving 13 hours in a bus to Knoxville to play, and they tasted defeat for the very first time. They say championship teams are made of a different kind of metal and substance. They're forced to be resilient because they face adversity and overcome it. One Knoxville has faced adversity twice this season, opening and closing out its regular season with losses to Asheville and to East Atlanta. And tonight, if you were not those players on the field, if you were not the scruffs who sang without stopping throughout the night and stomped their feet and got the fans in attendance excited and rowdy and raucous, if you were not them, if you were some other person, perhaps a neutral observer, you might have felt some worry. 
you might have felt some tension. Your heart may have been pounding heavier and harder than it had before. And yes, it was exciting, but it also was exhausting. Texas United was a game opponent. They leave with their heads held high. And now one Knoxville walks into a semifinal match against West Virginia United, an ebullient West Virginia United side that won earlier in the evening 2-1 against the top-seeded side from Florida, Nona FC. We know West Virginia just squeaked into the playoffs. On their last match day, they beat the North Carolina Fusion 2-1. Last year's finalist, the team that had been named in several of the polls as the top team this season, West Virginia United, toppled them 2-1. And with that additional goal, they just squeaked into the playoffs over a Charleston team, and it was incredible for them to show up here and continue their hot streak. I can only imagine that there's going to be fireworks on Sunday night as we gather again at West High School for another match. And honestly, at this point, my exhaustion may be different from the players' exhaustion, but it's felt like an emotional roller coaster. I think everybody there tonight probably felt like they were on an emotional roller coaster. Mark McKeever has got some things to address with his team. He made his points clear at the end of the match, and you're going to hear from him briefly as he discusses uh, what was done well and what needs to be adapted for Sunday. Of course, there were several players tonight that we didn't see. We didn't see Adam Kirkwood. We didn't see Max McNulty. We didn't see Craig McCall and Pablo Ortiz Hernandez, two players who got in in that East Atlanta match who we hadn't seen previously this season. We haven't seen M. Arias Sinclair, Seth Antwi. This is a big squad with a lot of talent in it, so it's possible we see a side that's composed a little differently on Sunday. They'll be resting tomorrow, as many of us will. Some of the other results in the league, North Carolina Fusion and Villages had been delayed several times because of lightning. So at the time that we're speaking, I, I don't know the results of that match, but I do know that Asheville, the other South Central team, earned a 3-0 win without their talisman, Kemi Amiche, and they will move on to the semifinal round. It's very possible that one Knoxville and Asheville face each other again if they get through their semifinal matches, and what a tiebreaker that would be. I'm going to sign off here by saying it was a exciting, exhausting, brilliant, overwhelming, emotional, historic night of football as one Knoxville claimed its first ever playoff victory as a club. And I cannot wait to see what is being cooked up for the match against West Virginia United. You'll hear shortly from the goal scorers, Stephen Afrifa, who scored the third vital goal, and the skipper, James E. Thomas, the man who has been with Mark McKeever for so long, who understands the system so well, who on paper you might look at and say, well, there's better players, there's younger players, there's more talented players, but there is no player who works harder, who plays tougher, who fits more closely the gritty, scruffy, underdog nature of this city than the Englishman who got potentially the goal of the year tonight with that second strike from outside the 18. James E. Thomas embodies the city and the side. I'm excited to see how he gets his team up for the next game. A player that's tasted gold before, 
And like I said in the past, once you've tasted gold, you don't want to taste anything else. So there we are at 11, 12 p.m. Signing off. Before we dive into the interviews with Coach, James, and Steven, let's take a short break. Markman's is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast and One Knoxville SC, located at 6932 Kingston Pike. Markman's has been Knoxville's choice for diamonds and fine jewelry since 1976. Visit markmandiamonds.com. Also, Nothing Too Fancy is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast, locally owned and operated t-shirt boutique. Nothing Too Fancy is located in downtown Knoxville, just off of Market Square. Not only are the t-shirts designed and printed right here in town, but they use only the best quality apparel and inks that are both super soft and good for the environment, celebrating their 10-year anniversary this Labor Day weekend. They have a promo code just for you, dear listener, Pod, all caps, no spaces, you can use that online or in person for 10% off your entire purchase. I tuned into live stream since I'm away on a little vacation, but there was no rest for anyone involved with One Knox. So our shout out for this episode goes to the whole game day crew from Big Slate composing an SB worthy live stream to Brian and Andy for the commentary to Casey and Davis on the PA and sound to the scruffs and fans that showed up to Drew, Sam, Emma, and Ami and grounds crew, even the ball boys. Everyone gave their all and it shows. Great job, lads. Great job, One Knox. Great job, Knoxville. I've got the gaffer, Mark McKeever here after a brutal match that went 120 minutes. You had the lead twice. Texas United clawed their way back in. It took two goals from Steven Afrifa and Alex Abriel in that extra time period to claim the victory. What was your overall assessment of their performance tonight, Mark? Yeah, I mean, they've only had two moments and they've scored from them. So really disappointed at that because I think, uh, you know, between Buster and Finn, I think two of them are two of the best center backs in the country. But they had an absolute wicked performance, wicked bad. <laughs> um, you know, they were poor for 90 minutes, but they pulled us out of a hole and, and over time and they stepped up to the plate. So there's moments and emotions in playoffs. It is what it is. Uh, I feel as though we've missed too many chances again tonight. We've hit the post. Stevens missed a one and one again. You know, but we're creating the chances. And another day we win that for nothing. Today, they made those minimal moments count. And we should, we should be defending better in those moments. We need to be better. We are better. But we clawed it back. We did it dirty. We did it the hard way. But we did it at the end of the day. Okay, so oftentimes when you go up a goal, when you have the lead in a really tight match like this, you make tactical adjustments. It was almost like you didn't have time to make tactical adjustments with the response from Texas United. What did you shift, perhaps, going into the additional time period or at any point in the game? Or did you uh, tell the team to perform the same way, keep the system the same all the way through? Of course, the system changes when the ball retention goes down. Um, the connections become different. Uh, the line becomes different. What you're pressing and where you're pressing becomes different. So the system essentially doesn't change. The flow of the game changes the system. So the system becomes closer knit. We don't press as high, as high up the field. We give them the ball, we defend their goal. So when we did that, pushes us more into a wee bit of a back five. Sometimes we were even a, a two or a three in front of them and then a one and one. So I, I think credit needs to go to Stephen and Simon and Abreu because 
they cover tremendous ground. As our wing backs go back, our centre backs get tucked in, it creates a lot more space from side to side. So they had to cover a lot of space side to side, but they did it and it was relentless. So we saw James Thomas, the skipper, who's been with you for many, many years. I was talking to somebody close to the team earlier in the week and they said, you can find many right backs in the country who are better on paper than James Thomas, but you perhaps couldn't find one that's better for this team than James Thomas. He came in big, he got his first two goals of the season. We saw Steven also come in, the leading goal scorer, and perhaps right a couple of those wrongs from the East Atlanta match and get that goal that was the decider. Who do you feel really excelled tonight? Was it James, was it Steven? Were there other performers that really stood out to you? Listen, when we win, we all win. As simple as that. When we lose, we all lose. I could go through every, every player that was on the field from the 11 to then the players that come off the bench and give you bad moments. But there was a lot of good moments and there was more good than bad. So, now nah, there's there's nobody I'm going to point out. Uh, I think I pointed out the off-the-ball antics from Alex and Simon and Stephen. The ground they covered, we needed it to keep us in the game. And they did it. And you, they went above and beyond for us. They covered more ground than they probably should have or should have needed to. But in the flow of the game, it was, it was needed. So, they went and did it. They went and did it. What do you think made the difference tonight in getting back into the game, stopping Texas United from doing what they had done twice previously and, and also getting those uh, crucial goals? What do you think made the difference tonight in getting the victory? Yeah, so it's a roller coaster ride. We've talked about emotional stability from uh, from the day that we, we, we got into playoffs and I felt as though we stayed emotionally stable. You know, we never get rocked by them equalising and we should have been rocked, but we never get rocked. We went, we did it again. We stayed stable again. We never get rocked. We did it again, and then we did it again. So again, emotional stability in these moments is fantastic. I was a little bit emotionally unstable, but credit to the players. They're the ones that we need on the field to be stable. They kept our stability, so fantastic. Now you prepare for a West Virginia United side that is on a bit of a hot streak, beat the NC Fusion, the finalists from last year, to qualify for the playoffs. Then they beat the number one seed, Nona SC, earlier today on this field. How do you go in and prepare for West Virginia on Sunday night in front of the home crowd here at West High School? First of all is to get the body, uh, the inflammation in the body away. Uh, reset the brain. It's, it's not a high. You know, it's on to the next one. So tomorrow we'll talk them down a little bit, uh, get everybody on uh, an equilibrium again, and uh, we'll start for base level. Get the body right, get the brain right, and then we go again Sunday. It's, uh, it's a quick turnaround. It's tough to do, but again, we brought a squad here to do it. So... Hopefully we can use the squad, we can have some fresh legs in there and give us a wee bit of, uh, yeah, a wee bit of an oomph on Sunday. All right, I've got the skipper, Jamesy Thomas, here tonight. Jamesy, it was a brutal match. We saw you running up and down the field like an energizer bunny. You and Moses Mensah were both very active down the wings. Team had the ball a lot of the game, constantly pressing. There were those opportunities that Texas United took advantage of, but ultimately, you got the win. What's your take on this performance? What was it like experiencing it on the field in 90-plus degree weather, 100% humidity, here at home. Yeah, I think I think we've done the right things for maybe 85% of the game. And then you give a team in the playoffs a couple of chances and, you know, they're going to take advantage of it because that's the level we're playing at now. You know, we're not playing against any bad or, or average teams. We're playing against really good teams, really good players. So, you know, it, it's probably not good enough at this stage to dominate 85% of the game. We want to go and dominate the whole game um, and be in control of it. And I think just some mental lapses. Obviously, their first goal came straight after the goal. Their second goal has come in the 90th minute, you know, those those kind of switch off moments. So 
we need to work on that going into Sunday. But listen, we've, we've come out here, we've scored four goals at home. We've played some really good stuff at times. We've scored some really good goals. The second two goals have come from lads off the bench, which is fantastic. We're going to need that going into Sunday as well. On the whole, we've, we've met our objective of winning the game, you know, and a couple of other objectives we've hit. Maybe let a couple of mental lapses go, but for the most part, it was good and, and we've come out with a win. So I'm happy, that's for sure. And now my head's on Sunday. So what a time to get your first two goals of the season, right? Yeah. The first and second goals of the game. Usually when we see you setting up to deliver a set piece uh, or to take a shot from distance, it's a cross that's going in for a header. What went through your head? Was it you taking charge of the game and carrying the team on your back that had those shots go on goal? Can you talk me through those goals? No, I don't think it's me taking responsibility and carrying the team because, you know, it's, it's an equal effort. But now the free kick, I, I've just made my mind up early. I had one earlier in the season at Asheville and I changed my mind as I was running up and then it hit the wall. So this time I said, as soon as I came out, I was like, right, I'm hitting this keeper's side. Um, and, you know, fortunately for me, he's moved and I've hit the bottom corner. And the second one, it's just, I've found myself in the center of the field for some reason. I don't know why. I guess I kind of moved the ball over and just came inside and the ball's popped up and we needed shots. We haven't really tested the goalkeeper too much in the first half, which we talked about. So I thought I'll just hit it and, you know, I found the side netting. So it doesn't happen much, you know, <laughs> so... Um, but no, I was, I was happy to, to be able to help the team. I'm pretty gutted that they came back after that, but I'm very thankful for those boys that came off the bench and, and helped us win the game. So, yeah. We've heard you talk about the difference that fans can make, the difference that playing ho at home can make in those moments where you're yeah. just exhausted. You can't see, yeah. you can't hear anything. <laughs> what was the energy like for you and the team on the field tonight? Yeah, it was good. It was really high, especially in the first half. We had all of the ball, literally all of the ball because the energy set us off. And then in overtime as well, the crowd really piped up. It really got behind us and we were feeling it, you know? And there's nothing better than scoring goals in front of a Knoxville crowd. Like, honestly, when I, when I scored that goal, it was ah oh, euphoric, honestly. Like, what a feeling that was. They were absolutely amazing tonight. I can't thank them enough. But I am asking one thing of them, and that's to come out Sunday night, mate. We're going to need them again. You can see it tonight. We're playing against good teams. We've got a good West Virginia side on Sunday that's going to be here at home. So we need those fans as well to get behind us because they're absolutely electric tonight. We know that the gaffer is obviously going to prepare a speech and get to talk to the players. What was your message leaving the field tonight after the players are obviously shattered, fatigued? We saw players cramp up on the field 120 minutes of really really hard soccer against yeah. a previously undefeated opponent yeah. what's your message to the players it's just the objective was met it's about winning at this stage of the season and and ultimately we've done that there's things that we need to work on going into Sunday but we've won the game there were good moments it took every single person in that squad today and that's the biggest thing that I can take from this it's going to take all 18 on Sunday and then hopefully moving forward from there, it's going to take 18 every other game that we've got left. So it takes every single one of us. We're all invested in that. And we take that mentality into Sunday and hopefully we're going to get another one. I've got Steven Afrifa here who scored the third goal, the deciding goal on the night. Steven, we saw you come in off the bench today. And I know you told me earlier in the season that you had a marker for how many goals you wanted to score, how you wanted to perform, and you felt like you hadn't been performing to that level. Do you feel like you righted your path tonight or you made good on that potential by scoring that decisive goal? After the first few chances I missed, it was it just, I have to make it right. So taking that opportunity and getting a goal, obviously never completely happy with myself. I can always get better as seen by the first two misses. But as for my goals, 
even if I meet them, continue to uh, set higher expectations. So I'm glad that I'm working towards my goals and I'm going to keep pushing every day. So you hit the post on one opportunity. We saw you and your brother, Simon, combine a couple of times. He also hit the post and, and added time. And how do you keep yourself from getting frustrated when those balls don't go in and keep your head so that you do take advantage of an opportunity like you did in the box with that third goal? Uh, it just starts with understanding that misses are going to happen. The good out of the situation is that we're getting those chances. So that's, that's the motivating factor right there. We're at least getting the chances and we know we have the quality to finish. So... Just keep pushing on. The next one's going to come, and we know we have the quality to take that one. It's more about just keeping your head, not getting frustrated with yourself. That's pretty much it. What was the feeling like when you got that goal? <laughs> A big feeling of relief, if I'm being honest. After the first two, I got the third chance, and I couldn't let that slip again. Seeing it go in, looking at the crowd, everybody's happy. Going up once again, another amazing feeling, and this time we're about to hold the lead. So overall, it was a great feeling, and on to the next one. That's all we got for today. Follow along at knocksoccerpodcast.com on Twitter and on Instagram. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts telling us where you're listening from and what you enjoy about the show. But most importantly, be sure to be there tomorrow to cheer on your one Knoxville SC boys in blue against West Virginia United. See you tomorrow. There's only one Knox.